Hello, and welcome to the What If It's Not Depression podcast. Whether you're here to learn about the root causes of depressive-like symptoms, wanting to know more about alternative solutions, or you're a biohacker looking to optimize your mental health and brain, this podcast is for you. I am Dr. Achina Stein, and I will be your host on your journey to resolving depressive-like symptoms and optimizing your mood. You're listening to the What If It's Not Depression podcast, hosted by Dr. Achina Stein. Welcome to the What If It's Not Depression podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Achina Stein. And it's been a while since I've done an interview because I've been traveling for quite some time and the time zone change in France is uh, six hours ahead. So it's been difficult. So I took a, a break in doing interviews and uh, coming back, my first interview is with one of my closest friends, Rika, Dr. Rika Milanovic Galbraith. And uh, she and I worked together uh, for a number of years back at Visions Healthcare, and we've been really close friends since. Now, Dr. Rika has uh, done a number of things. She has a tendency, she's one of the most brilliant women I know. Uh, she, When she gets focused on something, she does a deep dive all through, and she knows it inside and out like the back of her hand. And if you want something solved, Oh my gosh, Dr. Rika is the person to, to do it. And when I'm stuck somewhere in, in a thing, in, in some kind of uh, case, I'll always uh, ask for her um, feedback, you know, pick her brain and she always has something to add. So just to let you know a little bit more about her, she is a leading triple board certified functional medicine doctor, international speaker, mentor to physicians, as I said, and peak performance coach. Having overcome two decades of debilitating fatigue, she is passionate about helping women leaders recover their edge so they can regain focus, productivity, and so they can have the highest impact in their lives. She helps them add quality years to their lives so that they live long well. And so that's going to be the topic today. Um, Dr. Rika has been an expert speaker in autism and nutrigenomics in uh, mold, illness, and toxicity. And right now she is focusing on adding years, <laughs> quality years to your life. And I would love for you to just start Dr. Rika with that. 
Thank you, Achina. I mean, what a humbling introduction. You know, the feelings are mutual and your listeners should know that we've had quite the history of sharing cases. And I feel the same about you where you'll do your deep dive in your field. And I'm like, wow, how does she know that? Or you'll tell me the reversal or the improvement you got. And you're like, well, it didn't just happen overnight. And so like what people don't know is sometimes it's many steps, right, to help people. But um, I think it'd be important to start with like what made me segue and you're right when I and I think the the drive for all of us is that we've had our own journeys and I know you had your journey with your mom and I as well now we have our own journeys and then um, our patients push us so when we can't recover them we're looking for the next thing that would be the next tool in our toolbox and um, you know just kind of my own aging thinking about I want to age well and this past fall, my mom had been hospitalized probably the fourth time in a year. She spent four months, um, a part of, uh, so four months of 2022 hospitalized or in rehab. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, um, over eight, the past 18 months had two medical errors that happened that really could have cost her her life. And, <laughs> yeah, and it was pretty frightening. And here I am a medical doctor, I can't advocate for her. But you know, thankfully, I think the strength you and I have is we have beautiful communities and tribes of practitioners that we rely on to help get us through. And we were able to find avenues to um, ensure she did well. Well, I was driving, you know, I was asked to come kind of hang out with her while my sister took a break, who does a lot of her caregiving. And um, she was hospitalized again. And so I was then visiting her in the nursing home and I arrived kind of you know, seven, eight o'clock at night. And, and she just was laying in the bed and she just looked so old you know here's the woman who worked three jobs to make sure that the three kids could have more than she did in her life as a an immigrant from um, Serbia and um, I was just so sad I'm like how did it come to this this woman that was so vibrant and you know I would say probably till I was about 50 you know really was my sounding board something challenging came up and she always had the answer just always <laughs> I when I was a kid I called it my big black bag or purse because <laughs> she you know she worked these three jobs but as a child I didn't really realize it because she did occasionally do that trip for school and I'll never forget what the one trip she, um, a child cut himself, she pulls out a bandaid. I mean, it was just endless what she was pulling out of this person, but that's how her support was. And, you know, she's flown all over the world uh, to see me. And I thought, wow, this is awful. It's really hard to see that. And she's mentally all there, but physically her body has started to fail, but I do have hope. So as you know, so I was kind of simultaneously doing the deep dive into the world of longevity and how do we age well. And, you know, you know, we have two things. One is to obviously prevent needless suffering like we did, or maybe a loved one did, but the other is to really live long. Well, mm -hmm. regardless if we're here 80 years, 90 years, or hundred years. And that's what really jump started this pathway on, you know, what is, what, what do we need to be doing from a lab perspective? What do we need to do from a lifestyle perspective and what can, can we mitigate any of these, um, the effects of aging? And I'm here to tell you yeah. that aging is not a norm. All these symptoms of aging, forgetting your memory, having a hard time getting out of your chair, having less energy, they right. don't have to be a normal part of aging. You can live long. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I know many times people say, oh, I must be getting old. I'm having this or that. And it's like, no, you know, that's what we're um, told to believe because it's common 
but it's not normal. And you know, there's plenty of examples of people being in their 90s and skiing or, you know, like it, they're far and few between. I mean, there's there's definitely things that you can do, um, probably not in your 90s, but certainly in your 60s and 70s and possibly even 80s. If you take care of yourself, yeah, go over that, those symptoms. What are, I think you said you had a whole list of symptoms that people, you know, consider part of aging, but that doesn't have to be. Yeah, the fatigue is probably top. Uh, and um, I'm here to tell you, I'm living proof that I have more energy now in my 50s than I did in my 20s, because I didn't know what was at the cause of all the symptoms. And um, I'm going to challenge the um you know, this, this thought that we have to all age and, and feel the effects of it and not feel well. And that's the hill that I will die on. And the second would be uh, the memory loss. You know, you walk into a room and you forget why you walked into the room or you misplace your keys repeatedly or your phone, or you have trouble word or name finding. If those are happening, um, you need to get help now. I would not wait. And that comes from working with, as you said, I did all these deep dives, you know, I was, um, treating a lot of patients with full-blown dementia. And it's very challenging to um, execute steps to improve their health because they need a caregiver. So they're not going to be able to uh, cook the way you want them to and be on a ketogenic diet. They're not going to take be able to take any of the supplements because they may not remember. And so it's really challenging. And on top of it, the further down the rabbit hole you go with symptoms as that memory loss becomes mild cognitive decline as it becomes dementia, it's harder and harder to reverse. It's not impossible. And there is a point where you could stop the progression, but you may not regain anything. And so I do have a couple of people we've stopped the progression, but it's been very difficult to regain. But then on the flip side, we've had people that were, I felt could be far gone that we've reversed. But, um, and then I'd say, you know, even the weight gain, muscle loss, I mean, that the, the muscle is the currency of aging. And unfortunately, if you don't add weights starting at 40, you're going to lose muscle. And probably the biggest, I'll tell you one big lifestyle tip is a lot of people don't eat enough protein to support mm -hmm. muscle formation. Uh, I think America as a nation is protein malnourished. And, you know, I've had the joy of working with lots of uh, practitioners on our team. We, we had a nutritionist, a dietitian, health coach, and one of my nutritionists was real adamant about this. And she's exactly right. It's a currency. Mm -hmm aging. So those are some of the symptoms right. people, whether they know or that we're seeing that I'll, I'll pick up when I'm meeting with them. And sometimes they don't even realize. And I'll, I'll tell you on the energy, even if you're 20, I've had a plenty of 20 year olds come in and they'll say, after they're done working with me and there, we transition to what I call the longevity, you know, the maintenance phase. Um, so like going to the dentist twice a year, you would not see your dentist. And I say people, even at the youngest age should probably be seen twice a year. Absolutely. 20 and, up. and um, the sad news is if they don't, I now I'm seeing people who stop seeing me and maybe it's five years later and you're like, wow, when did all these things crop up? Well, it's kind of like if you throw a frog in a pot of boiling water, hopefully he'll jump out. But if you put him in water to boil, he may not notice and he may die in that pot. Um, I've had plenty of 20 year olds say, I didn't realize I could feel this fantastic. Mm -hmm. So it's this subtle acceptance of lower energy right. is probably the first thing that happens as a right. symptom. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And along with those pro that protein deficit, there's also a healthy fat deficit. You know, I mean, I think it's really important, especially if you're having 
you know, me being a psychiatrist, this is my, you know, focus, you know, you want to make sure that you have a healthy fats on board to support your brain and improve your mood and not just cognition, but, you know, keep your mood stable and uh, be able to handle stressors and, you know, mm-hmm. and that does require a certain amount of nutrition. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're, you're right. And I, I'd add the, the top third, the one that I'm really focused on is the diversity in the diet. So protein, fat, and I'd say diversity and diversity, if you don't have, if you're not eating 35 or more foods in a week, and if you don't, if you never tracked, I'll challenge your listeners track, write down everything you ate in this past week, all the different foods, all the different proteins, maybe different salad greens. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to achieve over 35. You just have to be mindful and then not eating the same thing day in and day out. Um, The food that is presented to the bacteria in our gut Mm -hmm. Uh, gets utilized as fuel for themselves and the byproduct of that food breakdown. And I have to laugh. I'm like, yeah, it's our bacterial poop. Uh, So the bacterial poop is actually what the byproduct is fuel for the human, for our colons, our immune system, and in your world for our mental health. So that's why it's so important. I'd say those are probably the top three dietary things that everyone can improve on. Right. And that byproduct being a short chain fatty acids. Yes. Short chain fatty acids is the proper term. And, you know, butyrate is probably the one that we know of. And as far as weight loss goes, if your butyrate's low, then you're going to have a harder time losing weight. So sometimes we'll add that into our as a support. So, right. or, yeah, or, I mean, that's a good way to think about it. That uh, butyrate is bacterial poop. It's <laughs> 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 a good way to explain that because it feeds your gut cells. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, that's why we have this uh, synergistic relationship with the, you know, gut microbiome. They, they, it's a win-win situation, you know, uh, so we feed them and they feed us. Mm. So absolutely. So any other signs of aging that everyone says happens that does not need to happen? Mm. Oh, sleep disturbances are common and that doesn't, and and when we'll look at like, what are my top three that cause Mm -hmm. that contribute to poor aging, you know, and that that's going to be right up there. Sleep is number one. And yes, it is common, but it doesn't have to be your journey. Like there are so many ways to mitigate uh, as our body produces less melatonin and just from a lifestyle perspective, so many people uh, do everything in their power to disrupt our their own circadian rhythms with all the blue light exposure. And I laugh, I say our dog probably saved our circadian rhythm because, you know, you take them outside to walk every morning and getting right. the morning light going to bed at the same time and getting up about the same time and avoiding blue light at night. And I'd sneak in a fourth of turning the Wi-Fi off. Right. I have, I have one patient tell me, um, so we put her on gentle supplementation to restore her sleep. And about the second visit, third visit in second or third, she says, you know, I stopped that uh, supplement because I found turning off my Wi-Fi did the same thing. And there's a genetic, because you know, I love the genetics. There is a genetic variation that makes people more susceptible. So another tip, so we've asked your listeners, can they eat more than 35 foods in a week? But um, another tip is turn off your Wi-Fi at night for a week. And if you're sleeping better then you're probably one of those sensitive people, then go get, you know, a little um, plug-in for your router and um, have it go off from 11 to seven or whenever you're in bed, 10 to six right. or whatever. Believe it or not, 
that's what we did today. <laughs> we actually set up the, we actually moved the router out of my office because I'm I was literally three feet away from it and put it downstairs as far away as possible from us. And uh and we're gonna turn it off at night. So um yeah, it's definitely uh something that affects people and something that people just don't realize how much they're surrounded by. Uh, electromagnetic frequency waves and you know radio frequencies and Bluetooth these all of these things can affect you especially if you're sensitive uh, I actually had uh, used to wear a Fitbit uh, and because I it started causing some warmth around my wrist I took them off uh, you know, I took it off and I don't I don't use it anymore so I think it's important to keep in mind that that is a possibility and it's important to do a sort of a review of you know what it what the EMFs uh, what EMFs you're exposing yourself to in the quantity and uh, you know ex uh, the amount of uh, exposure that you have day to day. Mm -hmm. It's a good yeah. point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd love to start if it's okay with kind of the one test I ran on mm -hmm. myself that really as I was learning yeah. ways to mitigate because that will, I think, help listeners. And I'll talk about some other tests you can do that maybe aren't as um, pricey or um, that might be more cost-effective, but there, there is, there are companies out there about three or four years ago, there was only one. So there's a true age test. It's one of at least a few now that looks at markers of aging. So just with a simple little mm -hmm. pinprick to your finger, you blot on a little card and send in, um, they can determine the following three things that I think are mm -hmm. important. And we'll go over each one and things we can do. First is something called our um, biologic age. So how are you, how old are you internally versus your chronologic age, your birth date will give you your chronologic age. And um, that is dictated by all those things in our lives, you know, that we're exposed to. And I alluded to sleep is a huge one, probably number one, the effects of stress mm -hmm. and then exposure to toxins. So any toxin, it could be mold, like, you know, I'm well-versed in, or it could be pollution, alcohol is a toxin. So Absolutely. smoking cigarettes, I mean, those are the three, four things that are going to really age you. And so um, that's going to affect that chronologic age. Mm -hmm. The second thing that you can measure is how fast are you aging? Is it one year per one year? So you really want to be aging less than one year per one year. So, um, and I'll go over some of my results and what we can do with all of this information. Mm -hmm. And then the third was looked at your immune age. And so how old is your immune system? Um, and you definitely want it to be younger. And you want it actually the they look at a ratio of two of our um, cells in our body called CD4 and CD8. And they look at the ratio of CD4 to CD8. You want that number to be between one and four. Mm -hmm. And so Let's go over some of the data on each one, if that's okay. Yeah. Can I ask you a question first? Uh, yeah. It, it, does this is this uh, uh, looking at the length of the telomeres? Is that, that's also in there, and I think that's important. But what's interesting to know, so you're you're going to have listeners that are probably more switched on and are already familiar with telomeres, but that alone is not enough. So it does also measure telomere length, sure. and that's the end caps of our our genes, and mm -hmm. they shorten as we age. Um, so you're, you're right, but I'm going to focus on the top three. Is that okay? Absolutely. 
Yeah. yeah. So I think in combination, it's probably a more powerful test than just telomeres alone. So it does include that. It does include um, it. Okay. That's what yeah. I wanted to know. Yeah. Yeah. It includes it. And so um, here's the data. If your biologic age is less than seven years, so say you are 57 years old mm-hmm. and you're measuring at 49.5 years biologically, mm-hmm. you can reduce, reduce the risk of dying. So we call that the mortality rate by 50% mm-hmm. by reverse aging. And so we're going to talk to you in a little bit, like, what are these things we can do mm-hmm. on the converse side? If you're eight years older than your chronologic age, you have a hundred percent increased risk mortal of mortality. Wow. Terrible, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to wow. be And they're finding that it also equates to quality of life. So you never want to live longer without the quality of life. And that's where we say your health span needs to equal your lifespan. So quality equals is present throughout your life. Um, Now, what would kind of affect that? So we'd said sleep, stress, alcohol. Um, But, you know, as a benchmark, I'm happy to share with reader or the listeners is that, you know, I'm four years older, but I have other salient things. And you think about what I've been through sleep deprivation in med school residency. I delivered babies for five years. You know, the stress is, was high in training after we got out, you could mitigate that better. And then I've, I've learned how to do that um, better and better. So my goal now is to, you know, lower that by 11 years, because of course I want that good outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, you know, getting good sleep at night, learning how to regulate your stress. So no one can change what we're exposed to, but we can teach ourselves how to be out of fight or flight. Box breathing is one of them. There's so many inexpensive modalities. I use heart math with all my patients. Mm -hmm. So we can say tangibly they're out of fight or flight and then limiting exposure to toxins. Those would be really simple things. And what we'll get into is the peptides and the bioregulators. So we're going to save that for the end. And I'll, I'll explain that more because people have to know there's always more than one way to treat something. Oh, absolutely. We got a pretty wide tool tool bag here to, to go from other than medications, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rate of aging. Um, so I, we, both my husband and I were 0.9 years for every one year. So we were aging slower than one year per one year. And that's what you want. And we're going to try to improve upon that. Mm-hmm. And that really looks at, because the test can be repeated every six months is, well, three to six months is you can influence that pretty quickly. So it means whatever we were doing the three to six months prior to the test, we are on the right track. So mm-hmm. yes, historically, there was some things that made me perhaps age a little quicker, but now I'm, I'm reverse aging. And mm-hmm. I have to share something that's so funny. So I told my daughter this and I said, daddy and I are reverse aging. And she's like, no, you're not. You know how adolescents <laughs> can be. And she said, you're just aging slower. <laughs> but at least she's listening, right? Right. So she's she's listening. <laughs> um, which was funny. And so, you know, you think about just in general, you know, what could someone do uh, diet lifestyle is all the things we already mentioned with sleep stress, toxin avoidance, but they found that um, caloric restriction. So I'm going to say this really carefully because everyone's in a different place. I'm not talking stop eating or whatever, but even reducing calories by 10 to 11%, you can slow that rate of aging and um, think about it. So eat till you're 80% or 90% um, full. And that's why I always say, I like to think of a diet as 
the nourishing, we call it the abundant diet 365 in our clinic. Mm -hmm. So eventually that's the goal to get everyone on a nourishing diet. That's right for their genetic makeup and for their metabolism, et cetera. Um, so yeah, so I'll, I'll have to keep uh, you posted on whether I've reversed that or lower that pace right. of aging even further. Well, intermittent fasting is supposed mm -hmm. to help with that as well. Yep. Right. So once you're on the nourishing diet, please do not intermittent fast until you're actually eating the right foods, right? You know, audience, uh, but you know, you want to make sure you're getting on a good, healthy diet and then adding in the intermittent fasting uh, mm -hmm. so that you know that your blood sugars are stable. So, so what's next? What's next? Can I uh, just make a comment on another? Uh, we've created an acronym for how to eat healthy. Uh -huh. And I think that a lot of us in functional medicine mean well when we do the elimination diets or tell people to intermittent fast. But you're right. If you're not even nourishing the body, you can get into a whole world of hurt. So Absolutely. we've created the task method. So I'm going to put you to the task to get to that abundant diet. And the first mm -hmm. steps are track for T, A mm -hmm. for ad. We have everyone live at T and A just for a short while to know where they should be. And mm -hmm. only then do we subtract. So if you're not nourishing the body and we take away the garbage, then you could be eating nothing or I don't know, maybe gluten-free crackers, yeah. who knows? But um, so that, that's what we do um, in, in the clinic is we get people nourishing their bodies first. And what's the K? K is keep. So when you reintroduce, yeah. and this is where people get it wrong. So we're, we're well-meaning when we tell people to eliminate things and particularly healthy foods that might be affecting them. But if you don't put it back in, you could end up on that restricted diet. And as we said earlier, it's going to lower those short chain fatty acids and can induce more food sensitivities. Um, it can induce increase in your mental health symptoms. So you got to be really, really um, careful to not be on those restrictive diets for, for too long and well supported. So, right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So task is uh, to track, mm -hmm. act, subtract, and keep. The A is add, add all, add all the add. things. Oh, okay. Add, add. So not add. That would okay. be, you know, so we have them add in the right amount of macros for them. We have them add in fiber, add in servings of veggies, colors of the rainbow, good fats. I talk about the balance play right. and, and diversity and rotating their food. So those are kind of among the things we're having them track. Awesome. I love that acronym. It's very easy to remember. Well, since you're my friend, you can definitely use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that last measure we're going to talk about, and I didn't mean to kind of ignore telomere length, but that got a lot of press, but um, the immunologic age. Mm -hmm. And remember I said that CD4 to CD8 ratio needs to be um, between two and four. Mm -hmm. And what can we do in diet lifestyle to maintain that ratio and immune health? And one is keeping your vitamin D levels up at 50. So at right. least 50. At least is, 50. <laughs> yeah. So that's the top thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just really baffled that three years have gone by now. And I don't think people are looking at vitamin D levels unless they're seeking functional care. It's not being done or it's not being replaced or, and that should be not only for immune health, but just, you know, just in general health, because it's a lot and it's not being paid for by insurances when family doctors want to include it in a panel, you know, so you're absolutely right. It's not. Um, and, you know, uh, the research shows that you want to have your vitamin D closer to 80 if you have an autoimmune uh, process going on in the body. And it doesn't have to be an illness. It has to be, you know, it can be a process where you have antibodies to tissues, but not a full blown and autoimmune disease. And that yeah. will actually 
reverse things <laughs> if you actually get those things in place, right? Yeah. So the fun tidbit there is that uh, there are no centenarians, so no 100-year-olds who have a CD4 to 8 ratio less than 1.0. So that's why it's important. And I know the audience may be thinking, well, I don't want to live till 100 anyway, but I'm like, my goal is to live you as long, to have you live as long as you're meant to live and have that quality of life. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so if you retire, you can actually enjoy those years. And I can't tell you back in the day, um, I had an 80 year old professional uh, male come, I was practicing outside of Seattle, Washington and Everett. And he was just such an elegant man, a public figure for the town of Everett. And um, he said, Doc, those golden years aren't so golden. And he, that's, you know, he had hit 80 and was really feeling it. And now sadly, I'm like, gosh, I wish I would have known, you know, 20, 26 years ago, what I know now, I probably could have helped things along a little bit. Right, right. But absolutely. Yeah. So it's important. You can do, there are several blood tests you can do. So one is, um, so one is serum albumin. So typically it's on a metabolic panel. So that's usually covered by insurance. And they found that in people um, who were readmitted to the hospital, they had worse um, outcome and higher rate of mortality and dying. If that level was under 3.5, you know, it's really a marker of how we're absorbing protein. And if it's abnormal can suggest liver or kidney disease, but that's a simple blood marker. So everyone who's has ever had a metabolic panel, go look, you should be over 4.5. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, let's figure out why, is there an underlying disease process? Are you not getting enough protein? Are you not digesting the protein you eat? Right, right. And, and you need that protein for so many things, not just muscle mass, as you mentioned before, but even to carry around hormones, right? You know, so yeah, serum albumin is on a, a comprehensive metabolic panel that most doctors do on an annual basis, including your primary care provider, along with the CBC and uh, potentially a TSH, uh, uh, liver functions, things like that. It's, you know, it's very common test and Many doctors order it as part of the chem, uh, comprehensive metabolic panel, but they don't really talk about it with their patients, right? They talk about electrolytes and kidney function and liver function, but it's actually squeezed in there right in between, right? Yep. yep. And they don't make reference to it. And I don't think we were really, unless it was out of range. Right. So uh, to make reference to it. Yeah. And I have a whole video series on YouTube that says the four words you should never hear your doctor say, and it's your labs are normal because I can always find subtle things that would really lead to law, large benefits if you corrected them or, but first you have to know about them, right? Yes. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I do the same thing. There's so many things on a CBC that you can tell that most doctors don't really talk about and break it, break down for the patient when you when you see them so I always like to get labs from previous providers before I even meet with a person just to get a sort of a a screen of you know so it it is helpful and then when you get get your own labs then you can compare and see you know if things gotten worse or better over time so it's very helpful to even get those labs that are done prior to seeing them yeah Yeah, I would love to talk about, you know, so we miss out a lot about not talking about these subtle innuendos on labs, which really, if you pay attention um, Mm -hmm. and um, kind of reverse the process, and a lot of 
the other thing for your listeners to look at in the labs are is where are those liver enzymes, the ALT and AST, and they should be 15s and 20s. And if the upper limit is 40, you should not be at 30, 35, or 39. I mean, and mm-hmm. what we're seeing is an explosion of fatty liver, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And 20% of those people will go on to cirrhosis, you know, can go mm-hmm. on to cirrhosis and uh, that's not a good place to be. So it's it should be taken seriously. And I've seen it down in uh, in children as young as nine. Mm. So, mm-hmm. and that's all the carbs that they're eating. It's the lack of nutrients. It's the lack of protein to break down any toxic exposure. Because you had said protein is important for muscle yeah, and right. all this stuff, but it's also the breakdown products of protein, which we're going to jump into next are yeah. amino acids. And that's what peptides are. So they're right. amino acids. And, um, you know, I'd love to kind of talk about how did they um, come about? And then the two parts of our body, they're also overlooked when we go through medical training. And a lot of people don't talk about uh-huh. if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah, we wanted to dive into that uh, as well. I just want to back up a little bit because you did mention a test that that tests for those three things. And that test is called I don't think you mentioned the name. It's called True, True Age, True Age by a company called True Age Diagnostic. Right. And, you know, uh, you can buy direct from the company. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little with a little bit more expense, but an expense that I think is is worth it. So I hope everyone else who's listening also, you know, deems it valuable to invest in their health. And I'll tell you, you know, not a scare tactic, but, you know, I've treated so many people who are unwell and, um, you know, especially, you know, the the man who doesn't have his health only wishes for one thing and mm-hmm. it's their health and right. it's not a good place to be in. I've had people confide and say, if I kept feeling this way, I would have ended things. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, thank goodness we've done something about it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times, you know, people reach their thirties and forties and fifties, you know, and they think about their parents and what they went through and, you know, the, the strongest indicator of your age is really your parents' age uh, and when they pass. And, but that doesn't mean to say that it's going to be for you as well, because it's epigenetics and not genetics that really, that you have control over and that's lifestyle changes. So you can change the epigenetics, turning off the bad genes and turning on the good genes. And that's where that reversal comes in. And you could potentially live longer than your parents or, uh, and have a better quality of life. I, I know for me, uh, with my mom passed away when she was 63, I was 26 years old when she died. And uh, I am now going to be 60 this year. And so I like, I think, oh my gosh, if I was exactly the same as her, uh, I've got three years left, but she was extremely ill. And uh, I have family members who, you know, are in their mid mid seventies and mid to late seventies. And so I know that there's a lot of potential for me, but it's really important. And it's definitely top of my mind to, to really do exactly what you're saying, <laughs> you know, exactly what you're saying. So it's coming at a good time, uh, for me as well to, to talk about these things, but you know, this is not just physical health. It's also mental health. You know, so whatever you're doing to improve your physical health in the way that Dr. Reich is talking about, this will absolutely translate to better mental health and uh, a better brain, <laughs> right? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll probably reference some of the peptides. And again, I'm going to try to stick to where the studies are too. But when I kind of did a deep dive, like where did they even come from? So uh, if if we remember Pavlov, the -hmm. scientist who won the Nobel Prize back in 1904. So we had an inkling. He was actually, when he did the study with the dogs and the salivation, he was studying digestion. Okay, Mm -hmm. just to simply put it, they were more specific. And he found something called the propeptide. So it's the precursor to BPC, which is body protection compound, which is an oral peptide that it can be given orally or injected. And it does exactly what it says. It helps protect our body and um, can heal a leaky gut. So there's a role and I'm starting to use it in people who are not recovering. Think of people with SIBO or just recurrent, we can't get rid of that dysbiosis, no matter how hard we try, um, people reacting to lots of food. So it's an adjunct I'm adding and um, post-operatively. So people recover quicker. So oral and or injectable, when I say injectable, many of them are um, just below the tissue or the skin level. So subcutaneously, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so that was developed. And I don't know, I, I don't think it was until 1970 Mm-hmm. There's a um, Dr. Cavison out of Russia was granted a lot of money by the government to study uh, and reverse the ill effects of the military, particularly those going underneath and submarine for months at a time. So they were suffering muscle loss and a lot of ailments. And uh, to date, he's done uh, studies on or, uh, on millions of people. And the mm-hmm. side effects, here's the thing with peptides, they help improve the way the cell function. Mm-hmm. They're virtually, lim- they're very limited side effects. So mm-hmm. you're going to get all the benefit with very limited mm-hmm. to no side effects from them. And so it's like, hmm, it's kind of a no brainer for me. But again, Anything we say here, we say is not medical advice. Please consult your practitioner because we have not looked at any one person's um, medical history to know what they're on and what they're taking. But um, so I was just super impressed. And now think of it, you know, peptides for recovery. And so a lot of people will say I'm working out, but it takes me longer and longer to recover. Do you remember when we were teens? We may not have, I was a big runner. I wouldn't run for a week. I could just jump and put my shoes on. I'd run and I'd have no problems. You know, if I did that now, waited weeks and weeks and went to working out, I'd probably be a little bit more sore these days, but um, actually not, not, not now knowing what I know and what we've done with peptides in myself and our, my current patients. Um, but they, the Russians now use it for recovery for the Olympic athletes. Um, and they, so they have some great data. Um, and so I'd love to segue into the two glands or the two body parts that aren't talked about and why they're important and how some of the peptides can support them. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about that CD4 to CD8 ratio. So that's our immune, right. our, our immune age, but the thymus gland, you know, it sits behind the breastbone. What do you remember from medical school, if anything about it? That it has to do with our immune system. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, it. It. <laughs> right? that's it. That's yeah. it. Yes. So it is uh, really important for immune function. And you're right, we weren't taught much else about it. But what's interesting is the thymus gland um, does make uh, one of one of our blood cells called lymphocytes, protects us against infection. But sadly, in puberty, it starts to involute and it starts getting replaced by fat. And it requires a lot of our body's energy. So think about 
kind of evolution. So it, and then it fully involves about the time you're 25 or so. So it's still, you still got some function from it, but why that is, is because then you're childbearing. So the body was really to reproduce. And then it's like, after we reproduce, uh, we're done with you. Right. <laughs> so that we can propagate the ongoing species. So, um, but yeah, the thymus gland, as it feels, you know, like I'd said, if that CD4, CD8 drops below one, then, you know, it, it correlates with longevity. And so I wish I would have known, you know, wow, that's fascinating. Believe it or not, there are peptides that can support the function. And we'll, uh, I'd like to highlight one study as soon as I talk about the other body part, but yeah, I'm like, God, I never, I don't remember learning much else. And now it's like so important, right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, the other neat, um, factoid, um, the thymus gland, um, you know, the, the impact of actually not with the thymus gland, sorry about the pineal gland. So we're gonna talk about the pineal gland. So it's no bigger than like a soybean. It's part of our brain and it's super important for, uh, regulating our circadian rhythm. So remember I said, that's huge in longevity and, um, the pineal gland, so the thymus gland gets replaced by fat, but the pineal gland can become calcified. Mm-hmm. And then um, the calcification or the higher levels of calcification is associated with your neurodegenerative diseases. So think about Alzheimer's. Right. And so um, more than just the circadian rhythm, it also kind of bays the stem cells um, that are in our ventricles and mm-hmm. stem cells, for, you know, for your listeners, and you had alluded to, you know, when you're intermittent fast, we boost, especially if you're doing prolonged times, we can boost um, stem cell uh, formation, particularly if you're getting into that three to five day range. We'll talk about how to do that safely. So I discovered a way that makes yeah. a little difference. So thymus gland, pineal gland, and that kind of Um, Again, do you, I don't really remember much about the pineal gland except for that general description, but why is it important, right? Um, So calcified, believe it or not, the calcifications are increased by fluoride. So um, I don't know about you, but my dad started following um, more natural medicine when we were in our teens. And he'd always be yelling, don't talk when you're brushing your teeth, because we'd be brushing our (laughs) teeth and giggling and being obnoxious. Don't swallow the fluoride. Well, he was right. And so, and, you know, to be honest, it doesn't really even decrease cavities. So we don't, as you know, we, we don't utilize, we haven't used fluoride since I've been same here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And in a perfect world, you'd filter it out of your drinking water and make sure you didn't have it. So, and I'm just um, cringing because they used to sell water for babies with fluoride in it gallons gallons of water and i'm pretty certain i kicked my son maybe he'll forgive me (laughs) (laughs) but so those are the two glands that really are play a role in or parts of our body that don't get a lot of uh, press and maybe as sexy as our muscles but um at any rate that are important so they did a study so cavison did a study and he had two groups of patients and we're not talking young patients so this is why everyone should be listening because even mm-hmm. if you're in advanced age so they had two groups and what they did was they this uh, first group was 60 to 74 year olds so those are not although i shouldn't say 60 achina cuz you're you're approaching say you're 60 um, <laughs> so they were treated with six courses of um the pineal peptide, epitalamin, uh, so six courses over three years, and then they followed them for 12 years. So mm. if you if you were 74, they followed you to 86, mm. and they found there was a 50% reduction of mortality. Mm. And that was just 
six courses. So that is huge. And that is a stu- it's a published study. This is not anecdotal. I'm, you right. know, saying this is six what courses of what? Epitalon. And Epitalon. it's a, okay. it's a pineal peptide and peptides mm-hmm. are just short chains of amino acid that help improve cell function. In this case, help support the function of our pineal gland as we oh. age. So, and then what they did was they had a second study that they did and that looked at 75 to 89 year olds. So this is where my mom falls in. So she'll be, mm-hmm. I think about that. She'll be 85 this year. Mm-hmm. And same thing. They gave the control group a multivitamin and they had two treatment groups. The first one just gave them the pineal peptide, the epitalamin. Mm-hmm. And they found in um, that age range, and they only followed them for six years, as you can imagine, you know, 75 to mm-hmm. um uh, 75 to 89, they may not be around as long. Just with that one um, peptide, they had a decrease in mortality of 36%. So not as good, but then they had a second arm to the study and they added that thymus peptide and they were able to decrease um, that mortality another 12%. So that's a 48% reduction. So almost as good as the younger elderly population. So when you say course, how how often are these courses? Um, every six months. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing days. Typically it's 10 days every six months. Mm-hmm. So that's not even, if you're not going to do anything is that's where I'd be looking at. Just do that. Right. Um, some good data around decreasing, um, worsening outcome for cardiovascular disease. So yeah, mm-hmm. just to understand that, that we, that the biggest thing to understand is there's a way to test for aging. Uh, there's a way to, to implement diet lifestyle changes, our epigenetics to counteract mm-hmm. for aging and then there's additional things that can be done. And mm-hmm. so you better bet your bottom dollar, you know, we're going to have this discussion with my mom, like, Hey, we mm-hmm. need to get you on some of these peptides. Um, and they have, they have two different categories. Um, they're both really amino acids, but one are called the bioregulators. And that's what Kavison out of Russia is using more of, and then the more traditional peptides that are available in the U S mm-hmm. uh, that's not to say um, the Russians do, there are pharmacies that do deliver them. But yeah, that, so I wanted to focus on, you know, what is in the studies, what could you use and what could the benefit be? So you don't age poorly. Right. Right. Awesome. That's great. And so what is the difference between bioregulators and peptides? Yeah, not much. It's real subtle. So they're both bioregulators, they do the same thing and they're most of those are oral most not all so they have mm-hmm. injectable whereas the the peptides available here in the US besides BPC most of those are injectable just mm-hmm. under the skin mm-hmm. great so, and That's you know what i would also say clinically i would add the bioregulators are subtle mm-hmm. versus some of the peptides i've been using you're going to see a um quicker effect. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a handful I've been using in myself and patients and my husband mm-hmm. that I'm just like, Hmm, as far as I'm concerned, unless you have something contradictory in your history, remember we said there's limited side effects. Um, so there are peptides that support the release of our growth hormone. So it's not growth hormone, which is illegal in the U S unless you have a specific medical condition that warrants it. So mm-hmm. a true deficiency. So there are children that don't have it, et cetera, true deficiency. 
Um, but you can give peptides that will support the production of growth hormone, which then goes on to support the production of your sex hormones. And so what also falls as we age is all of our sex hormones decline. And the difference between giving um, some of the peptides to promote the formation of growth hormone, there's one that will promote the formation of it, one that will then help. Um, so it like fills a gas tank and then one that empties it out. So there's mm-hmm. one that helps release the growth hormone is that you can start it, get the benefits and you can go off without consequence. But think mm-hmm. about hormones. If we give hormones, what happens? So all of a sudden you've got a lot of say estrogen on board, mm-hmm. well, our receptors go down right. and so say you stop that estrogen or testosterone. Well, the body takes a little while to acclimate. So you probably shouldn't stop it immediately. Whereas the peptides, you can go on and, and off. That's good to know. Um, That's and good it, to know. yeah, benefits that I've, I've seen in patients and, and myself is that improves re- for the ones that help release growth hormone or um, mm-hmm. uh, make it and then release it are that increased recovery from exercise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things you notice is I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm exercising a, a decent amount without over-exercising. Another thing that people tend to do is they right. stress their bodies more. Um, and believe it or not, all the iron mans out there, I mean, that really decreases longevity. So someone who's training at that level, they're they're they need to really look at some of the numbers. And yeah. I, they have to look at the, how much time they're allowing for themselves to recover, not really giving their bodies a chance to recover. And then when you're stressing it again before that full recovery, that's that's where the problem is. That's so, right. That's right. Your body, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to listen. Um, and so um, leaning out a little bit. So as we've worked out, noticing that all these efforts we're making, wow, this is fantastic increase in libido. And just gen, uh, it promotes better sleep. So these are supportive things I'm I'm seeing clinically That's in awesome. patients. And so that would be something that you know maybe a go to to reach for first mm-hmm. uh, when you've reviewed what their clinical history is. So if you're stressed out, um, they so if your cortisol is really high, you can retain a little weight with that. So again, if someone's looking for weight loss and you're given dosing it multiple times a day. Yeah, you're increasing lean body mass, but they may not like that side effect of now they're all swollen and bloated. So less is probably better and then mitigating, teaching people how to to mitigate that stress, supporting the adrenal glands the way we know how in functional right. medicine. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a package. The whole approach is a package of things and not just uh, like a silver bullet. It's really important to look at the whole all of the things that you can do and doing them together. And and that's the tough part, you know, getting that started, habit stacking with lifestyle changes, and then adding these things on board at the right time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I would say you're exactly right, because if you're depleting nutrients, these peptides don't work as well. Right. So there's this, we, and I always, and probably both you and I look at targeting, how do we make someone feel better from my standpoint? Typically it's more physical unwellness and your standpoint might be mental unwellness. Mm -hmm. And until you hit that, you might not be able to get them to have the energy or the, you know, the mental capacity to say, I I can take and put one more thing on my plate to buy 35 different foods or to meal prep on a weekend. So we, I always try to get people recovered as quick as possible. 
Mm-hmm. We typically see about 50% improvement in symptoms in about four to six weeks. And then we hit them hard with lifestyle. Right. And, and then our coaches, I know you have a coach too, comes in and supports them. And I've been doing a lot of training on chain, you know, behavioral change. And um, mm-hmm. we're going to be changing how we do that too, to make sure mm-hmm. that everyone is supported and it's um, they're giving strategies to how do we implement change that's sustainable. So Right, right. Yeah, awesome. Wow, we came full circle. And I think, you know, you really covered all the all of the pieces of the puzzle that, you know, you can utilize in order to reverse aging on some level and mm-hmm. feeling better and having that quality of life mm-hmm. along with long, you know, a longer life. And so that's that combination is really, really important. Uh, so thank you so much. Tons of information. As always, you always do a lot of research and you know the, the details of studies that support it. And you share that with us today um, and great tools, great suggestions of things to look at and do right away. Those 35 foods, that's yeah. something you can actually do right away and, and, you know, get the test and see where you get some data. It's important to get some data and hopefully find a, a person who can do peptide therapy. That is something that I am exploring. And, you know, you were the first person that I knew, uh, you know, close by, uh, you know, that could, uh, that does them. And it's great to see that you're experiencing good results. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that's going to be my next step in uh, having that as part of my tool bag and, and uh, helping people recover from illness and get, get into a space of wellness and longevity. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just one more thing? So the viewers know we mentioned just a few peptides. There's a whole army. I mean, there's yes. 70 plus. And, you know, I'm rethinking how I think about even just immune dysfunction. So it's the immune dysfunction that leads to mitochondrial dysfunction. And that's what propagates right. it. And I thought it was the other way around. And so I'm starting to use these in the long haulers as well. Right. Um, so there's a way to support the immune system when it feels like you just can't get them. They're doing all the right things better. And, uh, but my favorite, can I mention my favorite peptide? Of course you can. Yeah. So yes, of course we love the growth hormone releasing ones, and but uh, um, I really love Modus C M O T S dash C. It's the mitochondrial peptide, and I always tell people like that is like um, just gold in, mm. in in how I've felt in recovery. And so I um, that's typically dosed um, up to three times a week, so it is injectable, but you know, I'll inject and then go work out later. And it's like, wow, it just packs a punch. And I'm like, and I already feel well. And, and then of course you get someone down to a maintenance uh, dose of that, but that's, you know, it's the immune dysfunction, mitochondrial dysfunction too, that gets us into troubles. But yeah, I just wanted to close with that one. Oh, awesome. Always so much information. You are so, I love just talking about all of these things with you and no matter what the topic, you have so much to add. And so I'm really glad we did a deep dive on, on anti-aging and uh, specifically this testing, the true age testing and, and the peptides. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge uh, with my audience. And I, I'm sure they're all going to want to now do the testing. <laughs> so I better get an account and get myself started. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to help you if you need, but I, I know that you're really good once you just get that whiff of 
the information, it's like a wildfire, right? Yeah, so I'm a sponge, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually Dr. Rika gets started and I just follow because uh, she always has these great ideas. She's an incredible functional medicine doctor uh, based out in Naperville, Illinois. And uh, why don't you tell us how people can find you? So yeah, we just moved the clinic from Naperville to Oakbrook Terrace. So we're a little centrally located because we do have people fly in to see us. Mm -hmm. So we're a little closer to the airport and the website is drraka.com, just D-R-R-A-J-K-A.com. And I promise I'm getting so much better on, I think it's super important to get this word out doing Instagram reels. That's been my newest thing. (laughs) The Instagram handles at D-R-R-A-J-K-A. So my first name as is the Facebook um, page. So I I love doing the lives. I'm getting really more adept at the reels. I have um, a young adult son who's giving me feedback on how to make it. (laughs) Uh, watch worthy. So look out world, right? <laughs> well, you're fortunate because none of my kids are on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter. They don't do any of those things. So funny. My, my kids are, they watch, they're voyeurs. They don't do. And that's, but um, my son is actually, I don't know why he gives me really good constructive feedback. And he said, <laughs> people are bored. I said, do you mean I have to dance now? <laughs> yeah, you might have to dance. So watch out. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to check those out. I have watched a couple of your videos and I think they're pretty, very educational. Yeah. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I know you have a very busy day. Uh, thank you for your time. And, uh, you know, we'll, I'll, you know, we'll have to touch base in the future. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I, we talk every week. So <laughs> I'm, just kind of here, I'm like, Perry, you're one of my best friends. So uh, I'm, thank you for your time and uh, sharing all your knowledge. And uh, I love you. Take care. I love you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me in this podcast episode. I hope that you will join me in the future. If you are interested in working with me, please go to www.achinasteindo.com to book a discovery call. There you may also download for free the first three chapters of my book. I hope my work enlightens you, gives you hope, and moves you forward on your journey to a better mood and fulfilling life.